Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 24 of the Living Word podcast series. This is week 23 in review. This will be a little bit of an odd twist only because we've had two different topics and two different styles of topics this week. So it'll be a very hard and fast cut between the two. So let's get right to it. We begin the week by talking about the grab bag of issues within the early days of the church. The second and the third one were elements that we covered in the previous week, that is, the crisis of faith that people had because Christ wasn't returning and they were watching people die. And the other is the last days of the apostles, that they weren't going to be around forever, but they leave behind things that will help the life of the church moving forward. And when we get to the second half of this week in review, we'll talk much more about that legacy. But I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the first element of the grab bag, and that was the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in the year 70. The temple as the center of gravity within Israel, within Judaism, cannot be overstated. When the Jewish revolt took place in the year 66, it first looked like there might be a promise of victory. But as I said in class, if you're going to defeat a behemoth like the Roman Empire, you either have to knock them out quickly or you have to make it very difficult for them to remain. The rebels did neither of those things, and by the year 70, the Romans are back in Jerusalem and they obliterate it, you know, smash it to pieces. It's the consequences of that event that are of interest to us. For example, many Christians believed that this was the sign of the end. And it's very easy to understand why Jesus himself had talked about the temple not having a stone remaining. And yet, as time went on, nothing else happened. You know, Jesus did not return. Hence what led, in part, to the crisis of faith. But it's the historical significance of the destruction that has a long-term effect on both Judaism and Christianity. For one, Judaism becomes largely decentralized. It becomes rabbi and congregationally centric. There's no longer that center of gravity, and the rabbis are left trying to scramble in order to keep everything intact without that center of gravity, without that centralized authority. And one of the problems that they saw, rightly or wrongly, were the Christians of a Jewish background. They gave an ultimatum and said, you can either be with us as Jews, or you can be Christians, you cannot be both. People chose their sides and went on their way. The split between Judaism and Christianity probably would have happened within a couple of hundred years anyway, if it had taken place organically, but the destruction of the temple was the catalyst for the split, and within 60 years, they're completely done with one another. So as we move into the legacy of the apostles, the second half of this week, The lesson mostly focused on the three-legged stool of church, tradition, and scripture, with the understanding that the church comes first, with tradition and scripture as the two pieces of the deposit of faith filling in the institution, the structure. Jesus founded a church. He did not leave any writings behind. But what he does do after he forms the church through the apostles is gives them the collection of teachings, the deposit of faith, as a tool, as a guide, along with the arrival of the Holy Spirit. The analogy that I put forth in class was the, this idea that the church operates like 
a bank vault and that the deposit of faith are the valuables that are contained within such a vault. Gold, silver, diamonds, however, whatever you want to think of. The leadership operates in the fashion of the guardians, the custodians of the valuables because they belong to Jesus. They don't belong to apostles. They don't belong to bishops. They don't belong to the Pope. Their job is to safeguard the teachings of Christ, which again is why no Pope, no Bishop, no clergyman can change anything of substance within the deposit of faith because they do not have the authority or the right to do so. They can show it, they can demonstrate it, they can explain it, they can elaborate on it, but they cannot change it. So the two ways we talked about how this deposit of faith gets shown to people are first tradition, which is what gets handed on from generation to generation, with an added emphasis on passing along proper teaching, the truth, and preserving it at all costs to prevent any of the teachings from turning into legend. Legend within Christianity is worthless, it is useless, and it's not going to bring anyone closer to salvation. But the truth will do so. And then you have scripture, which is the written transmission of the deposit of faith. It comes last, and it's something that we're going to get into a lot more detail next week. But for this week, I had spent a little bit of time talking about how the process of scripture is not neatly packaged. It would have been nice if it fell from the sky as Jesus was ascending into heaven, but unfortunately that's not the way it happened. So the process of having things written down, the process of determining what's inspired, what belongs, what doesn't belong, is all part and parcel of what we're going to get into next week. All right, so that brings us to the end of episode number 24 of The Living Word. This has been week 23 in review. Just as a reminder, the quiz will be posted on Sunday, and it is due by Wednesday, March the 10th. If you have any questions, let me know. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and I will see you next time.